Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 51 of the Business Handmade Podcast, the one where Kim laughs even before I'm done doing the intro, because she wants to share some exciting news about us really going back to our roots and and being true, the true makers that we are. The true makers that we are. Um, no, you're supposed to share the news, but... Um, so we are having another baby, and we made it, them, made it ourselves. We made it ourselves. Yeah, so this year is going to be a great year full of new things, new events, new babies. Um, Kim on maternity leave where I have to do the events by myself. Um, yeah, all great. A new division of labor. Yeah, exactly. New tasks. Um, yeah, so we're really excited to uh, announce that. And I know that a lot of people have already seen the Instagram post and have been giving us a lot of well wishes. So thank yeah. you very much for all of the kind words and excitement. Yeah, we're excited. Um, the business is, of course, going to continue. Everything's going to continue. We're not first-time parents, so we kind of have a handle or on second things. Or second-time parents. <laughs> or third-time parents. Um, we uh, This is our fourth child, so... We're pros by now. We can just, you know, have a kid on a Thursday and be back at work on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> no, not really, but we'll, you know. Luckily, anyway. we have great staff members that uh, help us at the events that yeah, we, we so have going on. So. We're not we're not worried. It's all good. Um, but anyway, we wanted to talk to you about some of the really cool and exciting things that are coming up, especially in May and the spring. Well, May um, 1st we is our, our season. Yeah, is our first event of the year. Um, it's going to be at the Woodland in Maplewood, and we are returning there um, the first time since... 2019. Yeah, December of 2019, where we had Handmade Holiday, and it was like one of the best events that we've thrown. Yeah, yeah. So working with the Township of Maplewood and the Arts Council um, is really just a, a partnership that we're so incredibly grateful for because... It is such an art-centric community. There are a lot of makers who call Maplewood and South Orange their home base. And the town itself promotes Facebook pages for the creative people that live in that town. And that can be anything from actors to artists to, you know, Broadway singers, um, producers, people who play in bands, you know, for fun, just as a hobby or as their profession. Really, just some of the most creative people that we've met live mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah. Um, and so they're, you know, the town really is supportive of the art community. And really, I mean, they're just tied to the art community. So it's really cool to work with the Woodland because it is a historic venue. It used to be the Women's Club. And it is a venue that is rented out for things like weddings, etc. Um, and we're very fortunate that this happened to be right time, right place kind of relationship where we went to them just as um, a previous year's Christmas show was ending. And um, it was our first show that we did there with them in 2019. And it was overwhelmingly amazing and successful. Yeah. And I feel like that's the theme tonight, right? Like we're talking about awesome events and how we were surprised. And I was nervous to go into that because I knew that that, that those were big shoes to fill that, um, you know, the event that had been done there previously, people really loved it and missed it. But I, I guess the promoters of that, um, they just kind of changed directions with where they were going. And at the same time, Kevin and I don't normally separate for events. We're mm-hmm. normally together because it yeah. is just, you know, we have our respective roles. His is basically doing everything and mine is barking orders at him. But um, we decided to separate that day because he was also at the same time running the store that we rented in Westfield. So um, I was nervous because I'm always nervous. Let's be real. 
but I went and I've never had that kind of reception from the vendors. I got the, they clapped for me and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is crazy. I want to clap for you guys. You what are you nuts? You shouldn't yeah. be clapping for me. Like you guys did this." But it was so cool. It was just like a really cool first time experience there and and then COVID kind of rained on our parade. So now we're coming back and we're you know, we're going to be outdoors, but it's it's just such a great town to do craft shows in and they have such an established community there for the arts that I think no matter how we run the show it'll be worth it it's worth doing yeah I'm really excited to go see it because I haven't seen a show there um oh that's right yeah so it'll be my first time even though I know what it looks like I I don't see it with the vendors but we're going to be outdoors it's on May 1st and it's from 10 a.m to 4 p.m so if you're in the area, if you want to check out Maplewood, um, please stop by and see us at our yes. first event of 2021. And make sure you check out the stores there, too. There are really great um, restaurants, shops, coffee shops. Um, there's a brewery. There's all kinds yeah, of, really cool of, of to stuff Yeah, there's plenty of things to do for the whole day. Um, so I would make a day out of it if I was going if as I, a customer. If I were to frequent Maplewood, yes. which, you know... Um, is not not far from the realm of possibility of things I do on a weekend. (laughs) So Um. otherwise, um, we talked to Mia, uh, our new friend of Mia's Resin Boutique. Um, She is a new maker. She just started her business this year. Um, But she is the most excited person that I've heard from in a while. Um, She is ready and raring to go. And she signed up for one of our um, spring events. So she is gearing up for that. Um, but she also, you know, surprisingly enough, even though she's in her infancy, um, has a whole plan. Not her personally, her business. Yeah, well. She's not an infant making She's of crafts. age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she has a whole plan. She has a roadmap of what she wants to get out of her business this year. And I think that's just so important um, for anybody that's kind of starting up a, a new venture mm-hmm. is where do you want to go and what are those baby steps that you want to take to get there? Because you can't just make that first giant leap and you know, achieve all of your goals all at once. Right. And she has a retail management background. So she's taking a lot of the experience of running a store and what those sales goals look like um, to be able to break down small digestible goals for herself in her business. Um, And it's also, you know, having that retail perspective, she's able to be real about what a first time craft show goal should be. You know, she's coming into it, of course, wanting to make sales, but understanding that there's so much to learn. Um, and she wants to document the process as well. So we kind of talked a little bit mm-hmm. about um, how you can create digital content for your business, how to capture that audience and how that turns out to be um, your target demographic and, and better in a lot of ways, it's an organic reach instead of paying for ads. Um, you're capturing the people that would be most interested in your craft when you are using platforms like TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and then meeting those people in real life at craft shows because the people that are coming through the door obviously chose to be there so um, those are your people and not everyone that comes into a craft show is going to buy from you because you know maybe your product isn't right for them on that day or maybe not right for them ever but they at least are a much more narrowed down audience than if you were to put ad dollars into the pool that is you know Facebook ads and hope that you come up with something you know it's really it's a challenge it's kind of um uh, I don't even know how to say it. Like you, you, you have to figure it out, right? Like you, you have to pivot. You have it's hit or miss. You can, mm-hmm. you can target the demographic that you think is right for you, and or the one that you want to to target, and 
those might not be the people that respond the best when you look at how your ads performed those might not be the people that responded best to your product or the people who are most interested you might be surprised to find that it's you know younger people older people we were surprised to find who our target demographic is exactly Um, yeah but whatever you do no matter who comes through the door at a craft show you're always going to put your best foot forward you know making sure that your booth looks the way you want it to look and it's eye-catching and it's representing Mm -hmm. your brand right Right. i mean those are the things that you can control but like kim is saying those people that are walking in the door chose to be there so it's even better than going up to a stranger on the street saying hey do you (laughs) like this product (laughs) um they're kind of looking for something unique and new and handmade and um, if your booth looks great, they're going to walk over and talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think Mia has a fantastic attitude on how to get started. Um, she has a lot of really good advice for first timers, people who are just starting out on a craft show, just starting out with how to get their business going. We talked about some like calendar management tools and, um, yeah, just really how to get inspiration and stay motivated for your business. Yeah, and we're very much looking forward to meeting her in person on May 15th at Tranquility Farms because she signed up for Spring Fest. Yes. So we will see you there. We will see everybody there um, and enjoy this episode. Everybody. (laughs) Be there or be square. (laughs) Hi, Mia. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, so are we. So are we. Excited. Um, It feels like we've been friends for a couple of weeks now, even though we have not actually met you. And we're very much looking forward to meeting you in person. But at least we get this to kind of hold us over until we get to meet you in person. (laughs) Yes, I cannot (laughs) wait for the in person event. It'll be my first craft show. So I'm super excited, a little nervous, but mostly excited. Yeah, we're very excited. Wow. That's really awesome. So Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business. Sure. So my name is Mia and my small business is Mia's Resin Boutique. And I use resin to create all different types of resin accessories. So I have things like initial keychains. I also have novelty keychains, bookmarks and coasters. And I use a variety of mixed materials in my work. So it could be anything from dried flowers. I use pigments and glitter. I use stones, foils. I mean, you kind of name it. I probably could work it into one of my resin pieces. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's really fun. And it's super different. I never really knew what resin was until recently, but I am totally new to the craft scene, but I kind of feel at home already. I mean, it does really feel like a true small community. Oh, and absolutely. I mean, I have always been creative as a kid my parents always put me in like art camps in summer so I did that for like eight Mm -hmm. years as a kid and in high school I took a ton of art electives in college I decided to minor in studio art and I even went to Venice to the Venice Biennale with a artist who I was interning with which was an amazing experience and I've always wanted to work for myself. I just never knew kind of what it is I wanted to make or wanted to do. And so this has been really exciting for me, even in this short month and a half. That's amazing. That is so cool. What a really cool journey that's brought you here. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the initial keychains that have the flowers. It's like pressed uh, dried flowers in them and how beautiful that is. And, you know, it feels like 
even even though we don't know you very well because we really just we're just starting to get to know you it feels like what I'm imagining your personality to be like. So I feel like your art is very much because you have the ability to go in any direction. It feels like it is an extension of your personality. I would totally, yes, totally say that. I mean, I'm super bubbly and girly, but I have a little bit of edge to me too. And I feel like I totally put that into my keychains, into my you know, accessories in general. I can pretty much picture what they look like just from you talking um <laughs> but i'm very excited because you're going to join us at tranquility farms yes i on, cannot wait on may 15th <laughs> so that's a a um event that we've only done one event at tranquility Farms so far it was Oktoberfest last year um in september and the event kind of blew us away we kind of threw it together in three weeks oh wow um, and it's, it's he's giving away behind the scenes information <laughs> i that love we're not it supposed to say <laughs> I love talking about it because we we had three weeks to put three ticketed sessions together and they all sold out. Yeah. So we're very fortunate that, you know, you were talking about the artist community being kind of this tight knit, small community. And I think that goes for a lot of entrepreneurs as well. So we've connected with Zigmeister Brewing, which um, our friends there, Matt and Katie and even Matt's parents, you know, were we're pretty close with them. You know, we we work with them often. We brainstorm different ideas. And then also, um, there's a catering business in Hackettstown where the brewery is called James on Main and they do James off Main for offsite events and their manager, Kevin. So it's really kind of the trifecta. Um, no, I guess a quad because you can't say trifecta. <laughs> it's me plus my Kevin plus Matt plus the other Kevin. Um, you know, we know and have worked with each other for about four years now. And, um, you know, we just had this idea to, give it a go you know COVID really kind of rained on the parade of everyone last year last year and it's still you know just kind of recovering now a little bit um but we met up at this gorgeous farm um tranquility and Kevin uh, was like you know I have this idea that we can put together an Oktoberfest here and we've done Oktoberfest with them before like in a downtown setting and we're like all right but three weeks you guys really think this is gonna work out and you know we were very apprehensive but we trust them and move forward with it. And all of the sessions sold out. We had lines of people waiting to get in as people were leaving because we also had to keep it like to the the number of people um, for outdoor gatherings and just make sure everyone was social distanced. And it was fantastic. It just, it, like Kevin said, it just blew us away. So anyway, we did that in the fall and we're so excited to do that in the spring. And we have a couple of other events we're going to do at Tranquility over the summer and into the fall again because it's really just the perfect venue for that. It's a great event to start off with is what I was going to say. Oh, awesome. And there's something about just being like a farm setting with, I don't know, just it's, it's so cool. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. And I think this is a good setting for you too, especially as we move into the summer months because Tranquility does pick your own flowers. So oh. the, the people that are coming to the, their farm is like nothing I've ever seen before. We actually ended up taking our kids there um, to go pumpkin picking because when we went there, they had beautiful sunflower fields. Like think of, you know, your typical like Instagram or yeah. um, TikTok or something <laughs> where you're like in a sunflower field. Like that's what they have there. And the mountains are behind it. Um and it stretches on forever and they have a greenhouse and they had just like wildflower fields, even in the fall where you could pick a variety of different flowers. You could get corn stalks. They have a petting zoo and rides and all kinds of cool stuff. Oh my gosh. So we're excited to see the transition through the seasons. 
But I feel like your resin art is really a good fit for that because of that, like pick your own flowers and that spring vibe that we're going to be coming up. Oh on my gosh, the, totally. I'm like vibe. even more excited now that you're talking about it than I was before, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> and this podcast is totally not supposed to be about that event, but it just ties so nicely with how we're going to meet you yes. and you're have your art there. It's a good combo, I think, <laughs> you know, what you're talking about and how your vibe is is going to match perfectly with oh that's awesome I'm so excited yeah so how did you get um the inspiration to start working with resin because it's not easy to work with it's not I I found that definitely found that out um but I you know it's so weird so I actually never knew what resin was um until like I started this small business and now looking back I'm like I have seen pieces with resin I just didn't know at the time that was resin yeah um but I was actually on YouTube one night and I have no idea why this video was recommended to me because again, like I said, I've never heard of resin before, but a resin tutorial video popped up on my recommended videos. And I was like, you know what? Her thumbnail looks really pretty that her pieces look pretty. Like why not? What's, you know, 10 minutes of my life. If I don't like it, then I just, you know, move on. (laughs) So I clicked on the video and was totally mesmerized by her work and what she was doing. I was like, what are these liquids she's pouring together? And what are these flowers and glitter? Like, what is this stuff that she's using? And she's making keychains. Like, I love keychains. Wait, what? And so <laughs> I can do that. I, I was like, I can do this. This could be my creative outlet I've always been looking for. And so I finished the video and I was like, I love this. And so I started binge watching just all different types of resin videos, resin tutorial videos. What is resin? Mm-hmm you know, what can you use with resin, the safety, you know, videos that go along with it. Like what is a starter resin kit that I need so I can get started with this? Like tomorrow, where can I get these materials? (laughs) Um, And so that's kind of really how I fell in love with resin, like love at first sight, but just with a craft. And as for the keychain part of it too, you know, I've always loved keychains. My full-time job is in retail and every company I've worked for really has been like in luxury um, leather goods. And so Mm -hmm. every time I sell a handbag, I always try and sell a keychain because it just makes it more personal. It's just something different. Or even if they don't buy a keychain from me or in my store, I'm always like, Oh, you should get like a little cute keychain to personalize this, to make it your own because it really does differentiate between, you know, a company selling 800 of the same bag and what makes it special and like what tailors it to you. And so I always, and I collect keychains too. So I just kind of thought, I should like, I could do this. Like, I love keychains. This resin thing is totally fascinating to me. So I went on Amazon and got myself like a little resin starter kit. I started with just like tiny little balls of resin because I didn't know how much you really needed. I was like, oh, that's fine. The little like tiny bottles. No, you need like a lot of resin to make a lot of keychains. I didn't know. (laughs) Um, And I got like a little leather mold. Um, and I just got, I think I, what I start with, I ordered like a pack, one pack of dried flowers because I also didn't want to go all in if I ended up hating it. Um, so I started small, but the second I got it, I loved it. And I've been doing it ever since. I was like, this is my business. This is, this is it. This is gold. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how do you think, you know, you were talking about someone else that you were inspired by on YouTube. Um, you know, you, um, working with resin is not easy. And I think there are probably hundreds of people that start working with it and get discouraged because 
it's hard. It's really hard. You know, there are anything from that you wouldn't think about, like, oh, there are bubbles in the resin and, you know, how long it takes and how messy it can be. Um, but how do you think that you've been able to differentiate your business from other people who work with resin? I think so. I'll say this. I am a little bit of a perfectionist, but I feel like with resin, you you can't be. You just have to kind of let it go. There are going to be bubbles, but I think that's what makes it unique and different. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be perfect. And, you know, you can make, for example, I can make 10 letter M's with the same style. So it could be like white flowers with gold flakes but they're all still going to be different they're all going to be unique because yeah. the flower placement will never be the same the flower itself is going to be different each flower is going to look different the foil is going to mm -hmm. be placed differently so i think it's just really about loving the imperfections in your in your pieces and each piece again is handmade with love so i think having that passion for it is what you know makes all of us different in what we make yeah, I love thinking that you're just letting it take a style on its own, you know, you're putting it down, but you're letting it, you know, bring itself. Yeah, and life. sometimes too, like the mistakes are what makes it beautiful. Like I did a piece with, um, I did a letter with different color pigments. So I just got this, not pigments, they're, I guess it's like micro, some kind of powder. Um, I forget what it's called, like micro powder or something. But I started mixing different cups with different powders and pouring them in. It wasn't mm -hmm. pouring the way I thought in my mind, I envisioned it pouring, yeah. um, but it actually turned out really pretty and you need to end up keeping it. And I think it's those little things where sometimes you don't think it's going to work out, but it ends up being beautiful. And I think that's one of the great things about resin. Yeah. I think that's what is really cool and unique about that type of art or any, you know, any kind of painting or anything where you do almost lose control of the medium. You know, it's like, you can only control so much of that and it does become a unique piece on its own. So you could have 10 people that work with resin and each one of them is going to create something different just because of the medium. You know, it's not even, you know, your placement necessarily or like your vision, or even if you were trying to replicate something that someone else had, I think no matter what, it's going to take on a different life. And because you're a different person, your personality comes out mm -hmm. in that too. Yeah. You know, I actually, another short story is I, so I'm using the powder and I have a heat gun. And I guess you're mm -hmm. supposed to put the powder in first and then the resin on top, but I put the powder on top and I put my heat gun straight to it. So the powder flew up everywhere all over oh my the gosh. work. I had done just <laughs> 10 pieces and it flew up all on oh. top of those 10 pieces. But I was said, you know what? And I just added more to those 10 pieces. I just stirred it on in, just stirred it and swirled yeah. it on in those 10 pieces and said, you know what? It's something new. It's something different. It's not how I expected it to be, but they're going to be beautiful either way. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the beauty and the mistakes. That's really cool. You know, it's not and someone else is going to see that and they're not going to know that it was a mistake. They're just going to fall in love with what you made and it's going to speak to them. And that's just what they want. And that's what exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we've been mentioning YouTube and um, you and I were corresponding before this about YouTube. I know that you use YouTube personally. But do you have plans to use YouTube for your business? Yes. Yeah, so I actually have a lot of ideas. Um, I really want to start a like how to start a small business series on my YouTube channel. And I want to cool. start it off with this craft show. And I plan on documenting the whole thing. I want to document like me setting up my little booth and me driving to the craft show. So I have a lot of ideas <laughs> <laughs> in my head. I have to like write them out fully um, to map it out. But 
Yeah, I would love to do that. One, because I think it would just be fun, you know, looking back, mm -hmm. if you know, 10 years from now, looking back and being like, Oh, my gosh, remember when I was starting out my little small business, and I had absolutely no yeah. idea what I was doing, but it was so fun. Um, I think that'd be really neat just have that all documented. But also for people like me who are starting out, I mean, I still watch a ton of YouTube videos on you know, how to get into a craft show, how to, you know, get air bubbles out of resin, how to, you know, be safe while working with resin. I think that having those videos for other people who are starting out is super helpful. Yeah, I think definitely from the craft show angle too, because we, um, we get asked all the time, like, well, what should my display look like? Or, you know, how do I set this up? I need the inspiration on how to set up a a display that really, because your display is your first impression, right? So like people could either stop and talk to you because they are captivated by what you have uh, and not necessarily just your product, like the whole presentation, it's a big package or they'll keep walking. And, um, you know, we've actually a couple of years ago, we tried to set up a, a booth in our living room, which our living room is not at all <laughs> big enough for this like 10 by 10 tents and all this stuff we were trying to do. But we wanted to kind of give an idea of what that looks like, because even the tent, like even the color of your tent, is it, you know, your broken beach canopy from three years ago? Or is it, you know, I went out and bought this. And yes, I understand that's an investment, but it is part of the people image. buying into you. Right. And, you know, it's it's all selling yourself and selling, you know, that that lifestyle. And, and people want to buy into that based on what it looks like. Like we've worked with people who... Um, have really eccentric art and they will come with like rugs and they'll come with their own curtains and their own lighting. And I'm just blown away because I'm like, I'm so used to seeing people that just show up with like a folding table that to then see someone that sets up essentially a living, a living room, room yeah. to sell their, their products. It's like, Oh my God, that's it's night and day. And it, it really makes the difference because people want to see, wow, what's that over there? So I do think, um, you know, seeing videos of the setup and, and all of that. I think that's only going to help. No, totally. Business. And, you know, also from working in retail, I think I have like kind of some background knowledge because it's same as if you're going to a retail store, right? You don't want to go into a store that's messy mm -hmm. and that looks disheveled and you know, like an arm is hanging off a mannequin or something. You want to go into <laughs> a store that's neat yeah. and pretty and has, you know, the colorful pieces and the, you know, the mannequins are styled head to toe. So I totally understand. And when right. I was making my little craft table, I was envisioning that like if what kind of booth would I go up to? Is this something that I would walk up to or would I not? Right, right. And I think anything from, you know, you probably underestimate the power of like a tablecloth, for example, but let's say you bought, you know, a pink pattern tablecloth, and then that pink pattern matches the pink tissue paper you put in your bags when you're wrapping up your product to for your customer. I think little things like that are memorable. And especially if that color is also in your logo and you know, maybe that's your branding on your website or something. And, and if you add that person to your email list and they get, you know, that carried th theme, that brand, that's what's going to help them remember you, remember your name, or at least remember where they first saw you. You know, Kevin and I rent a store in Westfield um, every year, except this past year because of COVID. Um, but we rented in Westfield, which is the next town over from us. And we still have people who are local to us, either in Cranford or Westfield or the surrounding towns. And they'll call or email us 
and this is multiple years we've been doing this and they'll say, Hey, I'm trying to find this person. I bought, you know, whatever the product is from them a couple of years ago. Can you help me find them? And they can generally give me enough information about the brand and about where that person was in the store and just things that they visually remember about that display that then helps me remember who that person was and connect them again. So I think that's really important for your business. No, totally. It is really about all the details. Yeah. So I know you're newer on the craft scene. Uh, Have you given thought to your first year business plan or um, have you mapped out anything that you definitely want to? Yes, I actually, you know, have. And even though I'm still new, I don't have, I mean, I don't have it all mapped out, of course, but I feel like I've definitely taken steps in the right direction to grow my business. Um, And again, I think being full-time in retail has really helped me with the basics of running a small business because when you're a leader Mm -hmm. in a store when you're managing a store you are essentially running a small business right you have sales goals you have to map out your business plan on how you're going to boost your sales and stay on track for success keep track of inventory you know make sure you're giving excellent customer service and leaving that lasting impression so customers come back. Um, so I feel like those experiences have given me some inside knowledge on how I see the direction of my business going. Um, yeah, so like definitely. for me, the first thing I really did was I wrote down my long-term goals and short-term goals, just like you would in retail. You have a long-term goal, right? So like your year plan that you have to do your sales plan, then you break that down into your monthly goals, weekly goals, and daily goals. So for example, like my long-term goal is, okay, in, in the next three to four years, I want to be able to, you know, be making X amount of dollars in my small business as a you know, side business. And I think that is an achievable long-term goal, you know, when I put work into it, but you have mm-hmm. to have those, what I call in the moment wins, AKA short-term goals, because you need to mm-hmm. make sure you're staying motivated and also just helps you just, I don't know, be invested and excited about what you're doing. So like a short-term goal, right. a couple of my short-term goals are, you know, okay, by the end of June, I want to have, you know, 200 Instagram followers. Um, you know, my, one of my biggest short-term goals was by the end of summer, I want to get to at least one craft show, which I did and is so exciting. So every day I'm excited, <laughs> like every day leading up to that. And even after that, I'm going to be excited. Like, oh my gosh, I made my goal. This is so exciting. And it keeps you motivated to want to continue to grow your business. Because if you only have yes. one big picture goal, you know, and saying, again, mine, three to four years, I want to be taking home X amount of dollars. If after one year, I'm still not there, which of course, I'm not going to be there, you might get discouraged, like, hey, I'm not there yet. Year and a half later, I'm still not there yet. Like, am I ever going to get there? So you have to have those like in the moment wins to keep yourself excited. Yeah, definitely. I think breaking down smaller attainable goals makes like you're saying does keep you motivated and i actually just last week went through um this coaching program um called tiny habits and um it's you're intended to come up with basically three recipes that uh for success like these little tiny habits that you can work into your already crazy hectic life but you have to anchor them to other events like brushing your teeth or you know as soon as you put your feet on the floor and so it, it really breaks down like bigger life-changing goals into smaller, more attainable things. So if you, if you set the bar really high and say like, I'm going to, I don't know, you know, make a million dollars next year, like that might be really hard for you to do. But if you set those smaller goals and, and you can cha- implement habits into your life that then set you up to be able to do that, 
you can celebrate the the small steps, the small yep. little rewards and the little achievements and work your way up to those bigger goals. So I, as you were talking, that's what I was thinking of, you know, that I'm trying to do things to make myself healthier. And I think when you when you sit there with that big picture goal of like, well, I'm going to, you know, change my entire diet, you can easily derail from that and get discouraged if you don't do what you're saying you're going to do. But when you come up with smaller steps that lead you to that and you can celebrate them along the way, it makes it so much easier. And then it's like you're high fiving. yourself. Exactly. That's totally my game plan. And, you know, in terms of actually growing my business, um, I first started gathering feedback from my friends and family. So I did like surveying where I made a ton of keychains and then sent them to my friends and family for free. And all I asked was just, Hey, give me your feedback. Like, do you like my packaging? How much would you pay for this? Um, Do you like the colors I'm using? Do you like the materials I'm using? Because when you're able to get feedback from people, I just think it's so valuable. Um, You just can't. Yeah. This is very valuable. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the things that we always talk about, you know, have the most questions um, about feedback and surveys and, you know, polling their potential customers on those exact topics. So you're 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 ahead of the game, it sounds like, because that's like after year one, people start thinking about those things Yeah, where you really should be thinking about it. Right yeah, I love surveys. Even in my job, we have surveys. It's just, it's just good to get people's feedback on like what you're doing well and how you can change yeah. and be better and how you can make your business better. That's the end goal. Yeah. And it can totally be scary. And I think that's why people don't do it because, well, you know, you're, you're thinking like, well, this is what it is. This is whether this is the product, um, the materials I can afford, or this is, you know, as much time as I can dedicate, you're kind of thinking of your limitations instead of the other way around that maybe by doing a survey, yes, of course, there's always going to be something disappointing in a survey, not, you know, not right. all of them, but you know what I mean? Like the collective, there's gonna, there's always going to be something, but that challenges you to grow. That challenges you to think differently. And maybe that person's willing to share suggestions and, you know, trust me, there's plenty of suggestions that you're like, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But some of them are actually really valid suggestions where you're like, oh, wait, I didn't think of it like that. Let me try it like that next time and, and see what happens. And so, you know, that's kind of how we've built our business and how we continue to grow. You can't just sit stagnant. As soon as you start sitting stagnant, that's when your business is going to fail. You just have to be open to the idea that t- times change, you know, retail changes, um, shopping habits change, people's interests change. And if you don't change with it, then exactly. yeah, you'll be left behind. So I think it's thank really you. smart that you're thinking about Thank you. Already. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Pound it back. Pound it right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I had the thought of opening an Etsy shop. So I did, in fact, open an Etsy shop because, one, it's just the easiest thing to do from home now, especially because a lot of places aren't doing in-person shows. There aren't as many craft shows um, if you, yeah. you know, research them. Um, and it's worldwide too, right? So anyone, I mean, I have international shipping, so anyone from anywhere in the world could purchase your products, which is really neat. Um, the only thing, you know, with Etsy is that it's an algorithm. They have, you know, their SEOs. So unless you're paying for ads, someone that's been on Etsy for three to five years and has 3000 sales and there's me with zero sales and been on Etsy for one day, I'm going to be on page like a hundred versus page one. So that's where I got the idea of entering craft shows. And I thought right away, again, kind of like in the retail space, everything is face to face, right? I'd rather 
instead of buying online, I want to go and talk to someone. I want them to help me pick out an outfit. I want them to tell me like, hey, this looks amazing on you. Or hey, maybe you know, we need to find something that better fits your body. Or just to have that advice, make that genuine connection with people. And that's one of the reasons I actually mm-hmm. have stayed in retail and I love it is because you're, ma- you're meeting new people every day and you're hopefully making their day better. You're creating that lasting impression. Actually, in my current store, like three days ago, I'm at the cash register with this woman. She keeps looking at me and she was like, you look so familiar. You look like someone that used to work at this store upstairs. And she named the store. And I said, I worked there for two years. She's like, you helped me and my mom buy our trench coats. And I hadn't worked at that store for like two years. And she still remembered me with a face wow. mask on. So I think it's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I don't remember you at all. But like, thank you for remembering me. <laughs> Um, yeah. But for me, I think that's kind of how I see my business truly growing is through in-person events. And that's, again, why I wanted to sign up for craft shows early on, even though I've only been making my pieces for a month and a half. Because if I can meet people and talk to people and tell them why I'm passionate about what I do and what I make, and they can see the details in my work in person and touch them and feel them and you know try them on and put them up to their bag and see if they like it. I think that's where I will be successful. And, you know, maybe they don't purchase with me that day. Maybe they, you know, say, you know, let me think about it. I'm not really sure. But maybe a month from now, they're thinking, oh, you know, I have to get a gift for, you know, whoever. Oh, my gosh. I remember I was at that craft show and I remember Mia and her booth and I really liked her keychains or her coasters. You know what? I should, like, check her out on Instagram or, like, look up her website or her Etsy because I liked those pieces. So hopefully I've made enough of an impression on them that they would think of me for, you know, something in the future. Or maybe they're talking to a friend and a friend's looking for something unique. And they're like, you know what? I was at a craft show and this girl, you know, she made these really pretty resin accessories. You should check her out. So it's not so much about, I think, making sales right off the bat. And that's not my intention going into, I mean, obviously I want to make sales, but that's not my big overall big picture intention going to my first few craft shows. I really want to meet people um, so that you can create those clients forever. Yeah, I think, you know, what you were saying with Etsy, it's, it is kind of a slippery slope. And there are so many makers that are on Etsy. And I do think it is a good starting point for people. What um, we find with either I have a friend um, who has a handmade business and now has a brick and mortar, and she just has like such a successful worldwide business, um, because she's really built up her following on Instagram and TikTok. So people then know her that way and know that she I, I think she still has the Etsy shop now. She has her website, but they know to find her. So with what you were saying with Etsy, you know, being buried, being a new maker, if you can create the audience on other platforms, you know, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, they will then find you. They'll be able to link back to your Etsy page or your website. So I think that's the way to approach that. And then with what you were saying with craft shows and meeting people, that is essentially like if you thought about ad dollars that you were going to spend for your business, when you go to take out ads and run a, a digital campaign through Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you are it's kind of hit or miss, right? You have to like narrow down that audience based on which ads responded well, who responded to those ads and kind of trickle down from there on your own. But when you're going to a craft show, every single person you talk to is a qualified lead for you because they're already that target demographic. They chose to drive to a craft show. So they're your audience. They're your people. 
Um, will they necessarily buy your product that day? Like you were saying, maybe, maybe not, but it is something that they'll think about you again, or, you know, maybe it's not the parent that buys from you. Maybe it's the daughter that buys from you or something like that. But in general, the people that are coming, you know, for, to the collective craft show are that. No, totally. And that's exactly why I want to do them. Awesome. So have you used any platforms like TikTok? So I do have a TikTok. I have two. I have a personal one and I have um, my Mia's Resin Boutique account. And I just started posting more videos. I will admit I'm not as active on it as I should be. But that's really just because every time I go and do work, I forget to turn my phone on to like record myself doing it. (laughs) Even today, I wanted to post a TikTok of me making a custom order that I got on Etsy. And halfway through making the keychain, I was like, oh, darn, I forgot to record myself mixing the resin like oh god like why (laughs) I think that's the hard part I think that's why more people don't spend the time creating you know digital content in that way because who they either don't have the time or like Mm -hmm. you know when they're in that creative moment it's too much effort to then stop the making process to then start the filming process. And then there's the editing process and it, it kind of does get, I just get so excited. Like I have an idea in my head or someone, you know, does a personalized keychain. I'm excited to make it. So I start doing it and then I'm like, Oh darn, I need to set like a phone reminder, like record this. (laughs) Resin is too good. Not. Oh my God. I binge watch resin TikTok videos. It's like so soothing when they're mixing it. And I'm just like, Oh, I love it. So how would you advise somebody else on, on how to find time to curate content and edit those things for social media? Like, is there a, a, a tip or Get advice a that you would give people? And make it your best friend. I mean, that's like the best tip I can give. Yeah. Um, and I think just, it's really time. I think time management is key. I've been really lucky to be pretty good with time management. Like in college, I took five classes every semester and I worked three different part-time jobs while being a full-time resident assistant. So like I really had to be good with time management and a calendar really was my best friend. Um, But I think if you just write down what you have to do and, and break it down too. So setting a schedule. So maybe you craft only three or four days a week and you set aside a certain time. So maybe you do it for two hours each time. Um, maybe you dedicate one to two days a month filming your videos, but you film three videos each day. Um, that gives you mm-hmm. six videos that you filmed in just two days out of the month. Um, so I think when you right. lay it out that way, it becomes easier. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I have 10 different things I have to do this month. It's like, okay, I have 10 things, but I'm going to do them on specific days. So it's broken down into, you know, out of the 30 days. Um so I have a wall calendar and when I see things laid out, I feel way less stressed about it because I know it's managed. Yes. We're yeah. visual too. We need that calendar. We have to look at it every day. I like, really want to oh, get one of those giant okay. like desk <laughs> you know, calendars, but my cats are so crazy. I know they'll just tear yeah. it up. So I can't, which is so unfortunate because <laughs> I really want one. <laughs> well, you know, actually this is something I learned just this week. I use Airtable um, through my regular day job. And um, I was on a call with someone who uses Trello and Trello is very similar to Airtable, but she uses it in a way that isn't 
the like the typical or traditional way that you'd look at like the Kanban view and drag your tasks through. She actually uses the Kanban as like buckets for her content. And so she has like a section for like inspirational quotes and she just plugs them all in there. So when you look at the Kanban view, it's almost like a very visual, almost like a calendar, like you're saying, like you can see the six or seven things you have in that bucket and choose like, okay, this is the inspirational quote I'm going to post for today. And, you know, in your case, it would be like something related to the the content that you're creating for resin pours or something like that. And, um, you know, she uses, so she uses it very much um, as a strategy for posting content and time to edit content and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, and exactly. exactly those cats. We're the same. We've got three kids, one coming, and a dog and a cat. And it's like, you know, things like that. If we yes. don't put it away, someone's going to draw on it. Someone's going to rip it up. Something's going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah me either. <laughs> so, do you have any tips on how to stay current on trends? I feel like some of your products could. Um, be trendy, like go with the trends. So how do you, how do you figure out um, well, how to I stay use a lot on top of social that? media? So I try to, I try to follow at least one to three new accounts, like every couple days, um, because I just like to see what they're mm-hmm. doing. Maybe it'll inspire me to do something of my own. So I saw this woman doing she had these like turquoise stones with gold flakes in them. And I, she probably bought them like maybe on Etsy or Amazon. They looked like something that um, she bought and she put them into her letter keychains. I started seeing more and more people doing that. And it actually inspired me to make my own um, like beach themed keychains. So my boyfriend and I went to Cape May for cool. our anniversary in March. And I, as a kid, would go to Cape May Point every year with my family. And my mom and I would always collect little Cape May diamonds, which are like these little kind of clear looking stones that you find in the water. And I decided to collect a ton of them. And I spent like three hours out there in the sun. I actually got super sunburnt because it was like the wow. first nice day of the year. And I forgot, you need suntan lotion. <laughs> so I turned into a lobster. <laughs> but it's okay. It's all for the for yeah. the keychains. <laughs> exactly. It's all for the business. Um, yes, exactly. You can expense your aloe. Um, and I decided I was going to make my own beach themed keychain. So I got real sand. I got the little stones. And I was like, oh, I can make my own little you know, beach themed keychains out of these, out of these stones I collected. And maybe this will resonate with someone who is from New Jersey or someone who's from Cape May or someone from Cape May Point. And maybe this, you know, I can make my own trend or, you know, whatever it is. So I think just following different social media accounts and being inspired by what you see and turning it into something that is your own, you know, could also cause a trend. Yeah, for sure. And I think, especially as we're coming into warmer months and people, get into that like well this is my beach that I go to and you see a lot yes. of like beach badge art and things like that if you're able to collect sand and shells from specific beaches and you happen to be like at tranquility and somebody you know walks by and says oh my gosh that's my beach that I go to I think then exactly and that's why I got a ton right of state keychains too because I thought oh my god it's state pride like people love where they're from so maybe you yeah you know lived in California, but now you're living in New Jersey and I have a California state keychain that resonates with you and that makes you excited and happy and miss home. So totally. That's perfect. <laughs> That's the perfect end to Thank this podcast. You. <laughs> so tell everybody listening yes. how so to find you. My online. name is Mia's 
resin boutique so that's where i am on etsy and instagram and facebook and i hopefully will have a website coming up soon so stay tuned i love it i love it do you have any final tips or tricks or any recommendations for other okay, makers sounds so cliche, but i feel like just to have fun and be in the moment because i think we spend a lot of time on the like, what's next? So what's next for me? What's my business going to look like down the line? Am I going to be successful? Am I going to fail? And we forget to just be in the moment. And I feel like when you put so much pressure on yourself, or you focus too much on the what's next, it becomes work and not like the fun type of work where you're like, Oh, I'm going to go work on my yeah. Yeah. like, Oh, I'm gonna go work, I have to go work. And that's never fun. Um, so Right. I feel like, yeah, you just have to have fun and let your creative light shine and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it because you totally can. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Business Handmade. You can find us, Market Space Vendor Events, on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at Market Space Vendor Events, or you can find us at marketspacevendorevents.com.